We turn in the Word of God to Matthew's Gospel, to chapter 20, and we read from verse 1. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the workers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the workers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last, for many are called, but few chosen. So reads the word of God for which we, we give thanks. I want to turn this morning into this rather uh, strange parable uh, that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 20. First of all, just to set out some of the details in the parable. In verse 1, the owner of the vineyard is seeking for workers. And so early in the morning, he goes uh, into the market and he hires some men to work in his vineyard. And having agreed that they will work, verse 2, for a denarius, which was a fair day's wage, the men agree 
and off they go to work in the vineyard. During the course of the day, more workers are needed. And so at the third hour, 9 a.m., the sixth hour, 12 noon, the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and the eleventh hour, 5 p.m., more men are hired to work in the vineyard. Now, there was a difference between those who were hired first thing in the morning and those who were hired during the course of the day. Those hired first thing in the morning, verse 2, they had a negotiated and agreed wage, a denarius a day. But those who were called afterwards did not have an agreed wage. Verse 4, he said to them, go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Verse 7, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. It was not a negotiated wage, but they trusted the integrity of the vineyard owner and off they went to work amongst the vines. Well, everyone was happy until 6 p.m. And it was then the trouble started. Impossible to estimate how many arguments, how many disputes have started with money. And this was one of them. Verse 8, when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the workers, give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received the denarius. When the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. But they also received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained. These men have worked only one hour. You have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Those who had worked for just one hour, they got the same wage as those who had been working since first thing in the morning. And not only that, those who had only worked for one hour they were first in the queue. Well, this was not acceptable to the National Union of Vineyard Workers. And so they complained. They complained to the owner of the vineyard. It isn't fair. It isn't just. What was his response? Verse 13. He answered, Friend, I'm doing you no harm. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours, go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. He'd not broken his word. He'd not gone back on any promise. He'd said to those hired first thing in the morning, I'll pay you a denarius. And that is precisely what he had paid. And if he wanted to pay all the workers the same wage, 
irrespective of the hours worked, he was quite free to do so. Uh, verse 15, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? Well, those are the bare details of the parable. I want now to center our thoughts on two things. First of all, the hour when they were called. The hour when they were called. In verse 1, the owner of the vineyard, he calls some early in the morning. Day has just begun. The sun has just risen and the call comes to these men. They were called early in the morning. Now, it's a wonderful thing when the call of God comes early in the morning. A wonderful thing when God saves a boy or a girl when they're young and tender in years. He did it with Samuel in the Old Testament. He did it with John the Baptist in the New Testament. The call of God came to them, and whilst they were young and tender in years, they were saved. They became the children of God. Well, it still happens today. It still happens today. In recent years, Pat and I have heard of a young man, a young woman. Uh, they'll be in their 30s now, uh, but they both testify that they came to faith in our children's meeting at Ingleton. They were young, tender in years, when the call of Christ came to them. But they responded, and having been saved as children, he has also kept them. But not everyone is saved early in the morning. Some are saved at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. And I suspect if we are Christians this morning, then most of us come into that category. We were teenagers, young men, young women, middle-aged men, middle-aged women, when the call of Christ came to us. Now again, it's a wonderful thing. We're told in verse 3, he went out about the third hour and so others standing idle in the marketplace. I remember many years ago when I worked in the uh, job centre, it wasn't always easy to get someone back to work if they'd been out of work several months, or in some cases for years. And it wasn't always that they were idle. Mind you, some were. They were bone idle, but it weren't all idle. With some, it was just that they got out of the habit of going to work. And so their days were now occupied, taken up with other things. And that's how it is if we're not converted as children. We become more and more preoccupied with the things of this world. As a result, spiritual idleness sets in. And by the time we get to 20, 30, or 40, certain besetting sins have already made their mark. And so it's a wonderful thing 
when at the third or the sixth or the ninth hour, the call of Christ comes. And the grace of God is so amazing that even then, he can deliver men and women from their spiritual idleness. He can save them from their many sins. And though they be 20, 40, 60 years of age, he can call them then to go and work in his vineyard. Some were called early in the morning. Others were called at the third, the sixth, the ninth hour. But notice verse 6. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. Why have we been standing here idle all day? Because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. Whatever is right, you will receive. Now you can't be called at the twelfth hour. By then the sun has set. Your time on earth is over. You can't be called at the twelfth hour. But it is possible to be called at the eleventh hour. That's how it was with the dying thief. Saved, taken to heaven within the space of a few hours. It doesn't often happen, but it can. Charles Spurgeon tells of a man who was converted in Virginia at the age of 103. Some words he'd heard preached many, many years before came back to him with tremendous power. And at the age of 103, he was convicted and converted. Now, he died at the age of 106. And when he died, this inscription was put over his grave. A babe in Christ, aged three years, who died according to nature, aged 106 years. That was tremendous, wasn't it? A babe in Christ aged three years. He died according to nature, aged 106 years. Almost midnight, almost midnight, when the call of Christ came to that man. Can I ask you this morning, have you responded to the call of Christ? Have you responded to the call of Christ? Oh, the devil says, put it off. Put it off. Wait until you're 103. Well, this man in Virginia was converted at the age of 103. I've never, ever known anyone converted at the age of 103. Possible, but not probable. Never think you've got all the time in the world. As far as the Bible is concerned, the only time you've got is now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. 
today. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Christ always says today. The devil always says tomorrow. If Christ calls you this morning, don't reject him. Don't ignore him. Come to Christ today. He doesn't promise you tomorrow. The hour they were called. But the second area I want us to think about is the wages they received. The wages they received. Now be honest, as you read this parable, don't you feel that those called early in the morning, they had a point. They had a point. They'd worked all day for just one denarius, whilst others had only worked for one hour. They too got a denarius. We might fear it, it wasn't altogether fair. Uh, they did get a row deal. True, no worker was defrauded. Each got what they'd been promised. But at the end of the day, there's st still that niggle. Should not those who'd worked many hours have got more than those who'd worked for just one hour? Well, I suggest the answer to that dilemma is to be found in the opening words of the parable. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. This parable is not about the wages, the working conditions we can or should expect on earth. This parable is about the kingdom of heaven, the economy of heaven. The basis, the grounds on which we gain access to heaven. And so I want to say three things. The first is this. On earth, if things are not fair, if they're not just, then as Christians, we have a responsibility to put them right. This was the theme of Amos and other Old Testament prophets. It's what motivated evangelical Christians such as William Wilberforce, George Muller, Elizabeth Fry, the Earl of Shaftesbury. They sow social evils. They sow social injustice. And they sought to do something about it. Now, someone might object. Helping the disadvantaged, supporting the oppressed, prioritizing the poor and needy, that's the social gospel. But I say no. For the biblical Christian, that is not the social gospel. It is rather the fruit of the gospel. Repentance towards God, faith in Jesus Christ. That's the authentic, unchangeable gospel. The gospel I've preached for 50 years but it must result in fruit. 
one of which is a true concern for the well-being of our fellow man. And that's why it's good to have Christians in parliament, on councils, in the trade union movement, in industry, in education, in the health service, in whatever sphere of society we care to name. There they can exert an influence and work for the betterment of men and of women. But the second thing, we've just been thinking about earth. But this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. Verse 9, when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the workers, give them their wages. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. Now we've already said, a denarius was what you could expect if you'd done a full day's work. A fair day's wage for a fair day's work. But these in verse 9 had not done a day's work. They'd worked for just one hour. And yet they still got a denarius. Why? Well, the owner of the vineyard tells us, Is your eye evil because I am good? That's why they got a denarius. Because of the goodness, the generosity, the grace of the owner. They not earned it. In no way did they deserve it. It was all down to the goodness, the grace of the vineyard owner. Well, my friends, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the sole reason anyone will be in heaven. We've not earned it. In no way do we deserve it. This is the amazing grace of God. This is the incredible generosity of our Father in heaven. And it doesn't matter whether we're a Jew or a Gentile, whether we're converted when we're nine or ninety-nine, whether we were a respectable person or the vilest of sinners. It doesn't matter. We're all saved by grace. Saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I remember a man of his own admission. Before conversion, he'd not been a good husband. He'd given his wife many difficult, many hard times. And for years afterwards, this was one of the things which stopped his wife from responding to the gospel. 
Oh, she saw the change in her husband. She didn't doubt he'd been saved. But again and again, she said to me, John, she said, it's not fair. It's not fair. After what he's done to me, the way he's treated me, he should be punished, not saved. Eventually, she herself was converted. But for years, this was the obstacle. God has not been fair. God has not been just. The very same argument used by the workers in this parable. The owner of the vineyard has not been fair. He's not been just. My friends, I repeat again. This is the wonder of the gospel. We get what we don't deserve. We get what we don't deserve. Mercy instead of wrath. Salvation instead of condemnation. Heaven instead of hell. And it's all because of the goodness, the generosity, the amazing grace of our God. A few weeks ago, Pat and I were in a cafe not far from our home. And uh, an elderly man came in and I couldn't help but notice uh, what it said on the front of his T-shirt. It said this, I am British by birth, but Yorkshire by the grace of God. That's what we have to put up with, you see, over the border. British by birth, Yorkshire by the grace of God. We can paraphrase that. We are sinners by birth. Sinners by birth, but citizens of heaven by the grace of God. And that's true for every Christian. Whatever our past, whatever our background, we're saved by grace through faith. But just a third and final thing. In heaven, we shall not speak, we shall not think about fairness or justice. It will not even be a consideration. Why? Well, in a few moments' time, we're going to sing Charles Wesley's great hymn, And Can It Be? And Charles Wesley says this, Died he for me? Who caused his pain? For me, who him to death pursued? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? We shall see the nail-pierced hands, the wounds of our Saviour. And our only question will be, was it fair that Jesus died for me?
the just for the unjust? Was it right that the wrath of God should be poured out upon him instead of being poured out upon me? Was it fair that Jesus had to experience hell in order that I might enjoy heaven? That will be our theme. That will be our preoccupation in heaven. Not wages and hours worked. Not rights or fairness or justice. Those things are for earth. In heaven, we will be captivated by Jesus. We'll be caught up with the wonder of our salvation. And throughout eternity, we will marvel, we'll be amazed at the wondrous grace of God. Amen.